God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonor Kavoda. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. It's our first show since it became 2021. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. God, it seems so long ago. I know. What's so long ago? It was uh, Thursday night into into Friday morning. I feel like uh, this has just been, uh, we're well into the year already, with President Trump still our president. Are you doing Forrest Gump this morning? <laughs> yes, I am. So here's the thing. So we got the big rally tonight in Georgia. And uh, so Trump is going to give a rally in Georgia. And he'll be in Dalton, Georgia, and uh, Biden will be in Atlanta. What's Biden doing in Atlanta? Well, he, you know, he's oh, trying for, to face yeah, off. Trying to get Warnock, Warnock and Ossoff the in. So- socialists. Yeah, and Trump is trying to go for Loeffler and Purdue. You know, just the opposite. Yeah, it's... Georgia is not a socialist country, right? You know, I mean, I mean, uh, even even the country of Georgia is not a communist. Co- <laughs> Georgia, like where the city of Tbilisi yeah. is located, yeah, yes, <laughs> right. where we had a family member living in. Yes, Tbilisi yes, she was living there for quite a while. Um, now she's in Croatia. She's mm-hmm. going to be coming back from Croatia soon. Um, in any case, Zagreb in Croatia, right? Right. <clears throat> but um, in any case. Uh, the situation is, you know, I think that the um, how how the election plays off tomorrow, like on on Tuesday the fifth, um, I, I really think that uh, that's going to have an impact on the kind of stress level uh, that the big event on Wednesday the sixth is going to to have in, in terms of uh, the pressure on the senators and the congressmen to do the right thing. Um, The only problem I see with the narrative that's been spun is that, you know, Pence is, uh, you know, as Pence, well, Lynn Wood was talking about Pence and treason, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Pence is guilty of treason and Pence is going to go to jail and Pence ought to to get the death penalty. Lynn Wood's saying that. And then Lynn Wood is also talking about Chief of Staff Mark Meadows uh, having an affair 
And that's interesting, too, you know. And so he, he doxes the woman that Meadows is allegedly having the affair with. And I'm thinking to myself, in what universe does this help Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see it helping Donald Trump at all. I don't see it helping Donald Trump at all, and I think it's just a distraction. And what it also does is it makes Republicans look stupid. And according (laughs) to the Washington Post and this uh, journalist, John Swain, who actually called me uh, about the Kraken, it turns out that the Kraken was this total fraudster. So, you know, between the Kraken and the wood... Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm having some trouble there with these things because I'm not seeing any wins. Yeah, I'm not seeing any victories. I'm not seeing any court wins, legal wins. And at the end of the day, you know, you might get a great salesman that to sell you on a lot of ideas, but the idea is at some point you got to end up with a win, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to reelect Donald Trump. I work morning, noon, and night. I lose sleep every night thinking about how to get Donald Trump to win. And the fact is, is that everywhere I'm reading, I'm reading these reports that they got 140 congressmen that have signed on to the objections. I'm like, 140 sounds great, but 140 is not going to get it done, son. Right. You need 218. Right. So, you know... Pence has made it clear that he welcomes objections on the 6th. And that's great. He's going to get the objections. He's got 140 people that are going to do object. Wonderful. But does he have 218 to actually sustain the objection in the House? He's, he's got a handful of senators, a group of senators, maybe 20, 30, 30 senators, if you're lucky. But Toomey from South Dakota... And Mitch McConnell, who's compromised because his wife, Elaine Chow, the sister, is the CEO of Foremost Group. And Foremost Group is a shipping company that depends on Chinese shipping lanes. It was founded by James Chow, the father of Elaine and Angela Chow. And the problem is Mitch McConnell is totally compromised because China doesn't want Trump to be reelected. And so if China, if Trump were to get reelected, then the problem there is that Mitch McConnell's family business uh, gets compromised. The lanes get shut down. They're put out of business. And that's the problem is China has this big, huge market. And they've been wooing companies like NBC and controlling their narrative on the news. Well, we've talked about that for some time, about how NBC, about how the Chinese invested in NBC properties, including the the Universal theme parks, et cetera, and and built their own properties. We know that NBA has been, uh, you know, cow-dowing down to the Marxist group known as Black Lives Matter. I don't know what the name black has to do with it, because it doesn't seem to represent black communities. Um, Certainly doesn't represent black poor communities. Yeah. And so... You know, you have this situation where um, you have um, NBA kissing the ring of Chairman Chao or Xi Jinping so that they can get access to 1.5 billion new people. And Facebook is similar and Twitter is similar. They all want access to those people because those people represent markets and those markets represent dollars. And the theme parks with NBC and however, 
they're going to need loans and they're going to need them from the Bank of China and they're going to be heavily invested to billions of dollars. And then China says, hey, I want you to put Black Lives Matter, that Marxist group, down your floorboards on your basketball teams. I want you to spit and burn the flag. Spit on the flag. If you're LeBron James, spit on the flag. And and lie to the American people about hands up, don't shoot, and tell them that the police are bad and that America is not what not exceptional. Do all those things in the name of social justice. And we'll get the Black Lives Matter group and finance them so that they can, you know, maybe we'll do some spy stuff out of our Houston embassy. And we'll go ahead and bring riots into the streets and exploit things like George Floyd and so on and so forth. And we'll divide America. We'll keep America divided so that they can't conquer, so that the middle class can hide in their homes. We'll come out with COVID and we'll Mm -hmm. put you out of business. Because what were they doing under the Obama regime and beyond that? They were taxing the middle class to death and sending your manufacturing jobs overseas with these multinational trade deals that China benefited from, but America didn't. We lost so many manufacturing jobs before Trump. And they went overseas. And what they were trying to do, and I've told this story about when we got back from Italy, the middle class, you can't have socialism if you have a strong, working, vibrant middle class. I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it. And this is one of the few shows that's doubled down and tripled down on that but that's exactly what COVID hurt. Well, COVID, COVID hit small businesses, individual it hurt proprietors. The class, it hit the, the middle class. It hit the. It also hit the people that were frontline workers that were trying to elevate their status by doing these frontline jobs while going to school, while doing other things. It, you know, it, it diminished American opportunism, American right. opportunities to make your own way in this world. So you got the middle class being crushed by the Obama regime socialist, communist, t- tyrant, dictator, who really, if you if you listen to Patrick Byrne talking about the extortion plot, the Hillary, and they wanted to control the next president for the next eight years, and that was supposed to be Hillary. Um, but they didn't do that. Um, you know, Trump won. Trump wasn't supposed to win. So then they started this Russian hoax, which was really very similar to the Watergate hoax, uh, where you had the DNC, you know, creating a hoax, whether it's burglarizing their own headquarters and blaming it on Nixon, or uh, creating some sort of Russian collusion and blaming it on Trump. The same architect, or the same, the, the financier of the Russian hoax was Hillary Clinton, was on the Watergate Commission. Mm-hmm. So the connection is really there. And it was from the same cloths, from the same playbook. And they put together all of these things to stonewall and blockade Trump's ability to declassify with special counsels and Flynn trials that lasted, you know, three and a half, four years. And it's like, what in the heck is going on there with Flynn? And, you know, that case. And why in the world did Sidney Powell, who endorsed the Kraken, which was a total fraud, Kraken was a fraud. Kraken, the Kraken source is a fraud. I know that. But... The source of the Kraken is a fraud, but then also you get the glowing appraisal of Emmett Sullivan in a book, Licensed to Lie, in 2014. And you just wonder what the heck's going on here, that Lynn Wood is telling Georgians not to vote, 
Um, but then he's got some new information out that's going to be revealed. We're going to play an audio clip of Trump's interaction with uh, Secretary of State Raffensperger. And he's given them fair warning. And I'm hoping and praying that Lynn Wood has some goods on the Georgians. But he's waiting a little late in the game. And uh, the one thing I will say is this. You know, where they've been attacking the middle class in order to achieve victory. Uh, they also committed voter fraud. I think that the COVID was used as a weapon. And the left wing and the mainstream media couldn't be any, any more of an enemy to the state as any other adversary we've ever faced in the history of America. And Trump has said it the most. He said the most difficult challenges are from within. Yes, of course. From within our own country. The Democrats uh, offer up much more challenging uh, problems than than Russia has in the last 30 years and, and other countries, even Iran. The worst enemy of the United States right now, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is the Democrats. And, you know, uh, over the weekend, I just had dinner with a bunch of Democrats from the State Department and, and what have you. And and the thing is, is that... Um, and, you know, once, they, and once again, a shouting match was averted. Yeah, but, you know, they <laughs> love America. The people that we were with love America, but they're just, you know, completely the, backwards. They, they with their different their, ideology. Yeah, and they, their consumption of the news is different. You know... One thing I've been pushing since before the New Year's is something that is not being pushed, and it's what we opened the show up with today. And what we were talking about is barking up and down the wrong tree. This whole event on Wednesday that's about to happen is great. And it's going to uh, show patriotism. It's going to show some form of solidarity and unification. And you're talking about the rally in D.C. Right. But... I think that's really barking up the wrong tree. And I think it's a little too little too late on the 6th. What has to happen has to happen today. And what has to happen has to happen tomorrow. And what has to happen has to happen Wednesday morning before 1 p.m. Because I'm going to tell you what the rules are and what the problems are and what's going to happen. Now, we're going to also caveat that with a couple of comments that Peter Navarro said on Justice Janine on Saturday night about the 20th and about also the, the 6th is not etched in stone, meaning whatever happens on the 6th, there could be more to come after the 6th. That this two-month-long election that Trump predicted accurately was going to be the biggest mess Mm -hmm. of an election you've ever seen in your life. And sure enough, he always right. Trump is always right when he tweets something, when he says something. So I'm hoping that when he says we will win, he means it. But here's what has to happen. This is not an issue for Pence to control. Now, I don't believe Pence is guilty of treason. I don't know what Pence could have done. I'm not a big fan. I've never been a big fan of Pence. I'll tell you right now, never a big fan. I just don't have any evidence to prove what Lynn Wood is saying. So I don't know. Maybe he knows something I don't. And that's fine. But I don't see where airing the dirty laundry about Mark Meadows and Pence and doing all this stuff 
is helpful. I don't see where going down to Georgia and telling people not to vote is helpful. I just don't understand that. I get the point. The point is, why vote on a rigged machine when no matter how many votes you come up with, you're never going to win because it's all fixed. It's all just numbers on a page. So I get that, too. I understand that. But the state legislatures are where it's at. And the reason why the courts have decided not to see any of these cases is the courts said there's a remedy for this. And the remedy is through the state legislature. The Constitution makes it very clear, especially since the Hayes case in 1876, where there was a contested election and they had lots of problems and it lasted about 115 days. Um, but <clears throat> the point is... And, and what ended up happening was Rupert B. Hayes became the president. That's right. And, but, they, but they had a process, and what they're recommending right now is to have a 10-day pause to, you know, to review the, uh, the results and invest, to investigate, similar to what they did all those years ago. Right. And so here's the deal. So the deal is, is that the courts have made it very clear that it's not their jurisdiction to overturn and overthrow elections. It's just not where they want to be. They're not going to change the outcome of an election. They're not going to reverse the results of an election, uh, no matter if they're fraudulent or not. And the reason why in a lot of cases where um, people are saying, well, what about when Giuliani or some of these lawyers uh, related to Team Trump would say, we're not here to contest fraud. We're not saying there was fraud. They're not saying there wasn't fraud either. But what they're saying is, they don't want the argument to be about fraud because at that moment that they say fraud, what will happen is the court would say, well, we have to have evidentiary hearings. We have to have discovery. We have to, this is going to take months. And there's no remedy because the election will be over. So what's the point? And so that's the problem, the legal problem with bringing a fraud case to bear in the courts, given the time constraints, which Trump has always said, President Trump has always said, that's been the time, that's been the problem. So when you hear people on the left talking about Team Trump going in court and saying that they're, you know, they're not there to contest fraud, they're not saying fraud didn't happen. They're saying that if they say the case is about fraud, then they're never going to be heard in time to you know to remedy the problem which is the election results mm-hmm. so what they're doing is they're there to talk about the constitutional part and the constitutional part's very clear too that the state legislature is where the the rules of the state for the election take place the state legislature votes puts things into law the governor and the st- secretary of state endorse that and they go about their business. But what happened in the cases of Pennsylvania and Georgia and Wisconsin, they changed the rules. In Wisconsin, they changed the rules with respect to absentee ballots. In Pennsylvania, it was uh, votes coming in after the deadline and, uh, and signature verification. They said, we're not going to verify signatures. The state never endorsed that. So there was a lot of things that Alito could have weighed in on on that. And with respect to uh, Georgia, there was also a lot of rule changes very similar. And in Wisconsin, there was a lot of rule changes with regard to absentee ballots. 
they came up with this one concept where, um, you know, the COVID was a good, good enough reason to stay at home and not vote. Well, that proved by the Wisconsin Supreme Court to not be the case. The, the Wisconsin Supreme Court in December ruled that COVID alone or a pandemic alone is not enough for you to stay at home. If you have COVID, then you could stay at home. But the pandemic alone is not enough for you to be eligible for an absentee ballot. There's over 200,000 ballots. That, that uh, result was, the disparity was about 20,000. And I guarantee you that the bulk of those were fraudulent ballots, going back, tracing back to nowhere, nowhere land, dead people, uh, people with no address, or people that didn't live at the address they said that they lived, because the people were fake, that they were on the rolls, but the, re- the, the, the addresses were gone, wrong. Then you have the um, Python, uh, the, the uh, mathematician, that was talking about the anomalies in the naming, and the way they had this computerized naming system, and he figured out this how it was in PA and elsewhere. Uh, they did the same test in Arizona, where there was Garcias they were talking about, and in Georgia they were talking about the same MO there with Williamses and Johnsons, and you know there's different black communities and different white communities and different community uh, Hispanic communities, and they were talking about it where this guy, this mathematician did this analysis, and in each one of these states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, they did come up with those. Which brings me to the next point. And the next point is this. The reason why I think that the focus shouldn't be on whether 140 representatives sign up for the objections, or that, you know, and and that somehow creates false hope, in my opinion, because that's 140 is a far cry from 218. So if you get an objection, that's great. You got the objection, you get your two hours. But you still need then 218 House representatives. You're not going to get that with Nancy Pelosi as Speaker, which she just squeaked by, right? She's now the Speaker again, but she just squeaked by. And she's got a very slim majority And it's the 117th Congress. And by the way, guess who's a senator in the 117th Congress? Kamala Harris. Right. Yeah. Sworn in. Sworn in. And I guess, yeah, she's hedging her bets. She's going to see what happens. That's an indicator that she's not <laughs> I mean, she not didn't fully, say that, but that's, but that's my interpretation. But she's not fully confident about what's yeah, going well, on. Yeah, well, exactly. That's the, that's the point there. And she wants to remain senator just in case. <laughs> now, I did hear a case, though. I said, I think I heard somebody say, well, Biden didn't uh, resign. Until the 15th of uh, the January of now, I heard that somewhere. I didn't, I didn't. We didn't verify it. Yeah. yeah. But um, I did hear reports that said indicated that Kamala Harris, that was a strong indicator that she's not fully believing that this race is over. Of course not. It's not over. So what needs to happen for a Trump victory? Because that's really the, that's the end game, right? What is it that we want? What do we want? What do we want? It? We want it now, right? right? What do we want? We want Trump to win. Well, right? I think the uh, Cruz suggestion has some legs to it because there's precedence. Even if the precedence goes back to 1876. You're talking about how he wants to actually have a 10-day audit. A 10-day audit and have a commission to uh, study this and audit. And to not certify the results exactly. of what happens on the 6th right. until that audit it, is complete. It is complete. And I think that would... And you ca- can do that. All right. 
again, as I said, this precedent, and I think it would quay some of the comments and that are going on because you could, f- for once and for all, put put to rest some of these questions. Right. But what really needs where the focus is needs to happen today, today, tomorrow. Okay. So you got a rally in Georgia, and I understand that. That is to push Loeffler and Purdue over the top. Right. And Trump can do that. And Trump's going to have a great rally tonight. And tomorrow there's going to be a very interesting election. And hopefully they'll be on the fraud case. And hopefully if they're going to still continue to think that they can get away with the fraud that they got away with in Georgia, that somehow we have people watching over it. Remember, it wasn't too long ago that there was testimony in Georgia where the guy was, at the time he was talking, said we are currently and actively hacking in to machines that they said were not connected yeah. to the Internet. Yeah. I think that is going to be profound when we take a listen to Trump's interaction with with um, with uh, Raffensperger, the, the Secretary the, the, of State. The leaked conversation. Well, the leaked, and some people think that maybe the White House leaked it. Mm. But, you know, who, who, who leaked it? I don't know. Um, but Trump was clear on one point. He asked very pointed questions. Raffensperger had to answer very directly to the president. And uh, if Trump's not bluffing, then those guys are going to jail. Right. And Raffensperger is the Georgia Secretary of State. So what has to happen today? Now, okay, the rally to push the uh, Loeffler and Purdue over the top, the election tomorrow, and then on the 6th. I will tell you this, that if none of the states act, and it's just as it is today, without state legislatures decertifying, then we're not going to have a good day on Wednesday. Yeah. But if the states today, tomorrow, or on Wednesday morning before 1 p.m., if the states, particularly the ones I just mentioned, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, that adds up to 36 plus 11, that's 47. Yeah. Well, 47 is well enough um, because... Biden right now is 306. So 306 drops 36, you know, plus uh, another 11. He's he's 11 behind. He's at that point actually has less electorates than Trump does. See, that's the thing. When you take away the seven states, Trump has a 10 electorate advantage. He has a six electorate advantage when you don't consider um, New Mexico. Um, but in the states where they actually have heated, you know, they've had litigation, they've had some court time, they've really pressed the issue. Uh, that's the six states minus. Uh, there's seven states counting New Mexico, but if you, New Mexico has not been heavily debated. Mm-hmm. So they, they're not really a lot of the congressmen who are going to object say they're going to object to the six, not New Mexico. But New Mexico also has that dual set of electors. So that's kind of interesting. But you got Georgia, Pennsylvania, and you got Arizona. If they were today to decertify, then you could pretty much say, game over for Biden. Races won by Trump. Because Pence is really going to amount to a bean counter. He's going to count beans on Wednesday. And if there's an objection, he's going to grant the objection. And there's going to be a two-hour debate. There's going to be a simple majority vote. And at the end of the two hours, they're going to vote. 
And the problem is they're not going to have enough votes. The Senate's going to fall short of 51, and the House is going to fall short of 218 to win. And you need both to win, meaning you need 218, and then you need and 51 in the House and Senate, respectively. So I don't think you're ever going to get that with any of the objections because these Congress people are going to basically say, we're not going to vote to to overturn the will of the vote. And the courts have pretty much said, we're not going to take the jurisdiction to overturn the results of a vote, right? And the House and Senate are not going to overturn the will of the state. So it's it's the state legislature that can overturn the will of their governor and secretary of state who went rogue and violated their constitutional privilege and power and authority. And that's where it belongs. So in those cases where they violated, they, they changed the rules of the game without consulting the state legislature. That's a constitutional issue that they will win when it hits the Supreme Court with, on appeal when the Democrats appeal the results. But the state legislatures have to do their part. And there's a Breitbart article I posted over the weekend where Trump actually had a meeting with the states and talked about it. And that was great. And I was like, finally, finally, everybody's, you know, we're talking about the wrong thing up until now. We need to be talking about the right thing. We need to be talking about where the path to victory actually stands. The path to victory stands through the state legislatures. So where the rallies should be isn't so much in Washington, D.C., but they really should be in these states. It should be in Clark County, Nevada. It should be in Maricopa County, Arizona. It should be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It should be in Fulton County, Georgia. It should be in Michigan and in Wisconsin. And they need to have these debates. And of the six or seven states where you're going to have these real aggressive debates, you got to find at least three that are going to have enough electors, you know, more than 36, 37 electors, to change the outcome of the electoral count. Because when Pence opens up that envelope at 1 p.m. on Wednesday, he's going to count the number, put them on a sheet of paper, and if someone reaches 270... He's going to declare a victor. If he counts three empty envelopes from Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, and they'll be decertified, so the envelope will be empty, Biden will be have less electorates than Trump, but that doesn't even matter. That He won't have 270, and they won't be able to certify a victor. And then they'll send it to the House, where the state delegations will have one vote per state to where Trump wins 30 to 20. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, 30 to 20. There's 50 states. Uh, if you're Obama, it's 57 states. I thought he said 47 states. No, he said 57 <laughs> ones. But in any case, you know, the, the point is, is, is that Trump wins. And so the state legislatures need to get together. But the problem with each one of these states is I don't, th- I think, I don't think the threshold was – I think they had the threshold to issue dual sets, but to decertify what the governor and secretary of state established is a little bit of a stronger threshold. There's people on the fence. There's a lot of rhinos, and there's a lot of people that are sellouts. 
that are Republicans in these state legislatures. And in Arizona, I guess they were a few votes short. Mm -hmm. They were close. Mm -hmm. But they need to get those people to step up and be patriots and not certify a fraudulent election. Because in each one of those states also, there was a number of errors, like in Clark County, in Antrim County in Michigan, in Clark County in in um, Nevada, in Maricopa County, in Arizona. There were these anomalies where there was just so many errors, where you're supposed to have point zero zero eight error percent error. You got something like seventy percent error. And that's just strange, in my opinion, right? Very strange. And so uh, um, that means that an adjudicator, let's just say in a Democrat adjudicator, because you're in a Democrat county, a Democrat gets to decide what the intention of the voter was. Now, normally that number is so small, it's insignificant, and it doesn't change the outcome of an election. But in this case... With 70% error as opposed to 0.008 error? Yeah, well, that's a big difference. It makes a big difference, especially when those states were decided by like 10 to 12,000 votes. So it makes a big difference. Georgia, uh, Nevada, uh, and Arizona were, were, you know, basically on average about 10,000 disparity. Wisconsin was 20. And in Michigan, there was just enough fraud. There was this big-time fraud. We're going to take a listen to this uh, audio exchange between President Trump and uh, Brent Raffensperger, Raffensperger uh, in Georgia, the Secretary of State. And also Brian Kemp is in on the call as well. Let's take a listen. Whoops. Well, we got to get the, we got to get this thing right. There we go. All right. Having a correct, the people of Georgia are angry. And these numbers are going to be repeated on Monday night, along with others that we're going to have by that time, which are much more substantially. And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. But, Mr. President, the trends that you have is the data you have as well. Now, do you think it's possible that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton County? Because that's what the rumor is. And also that Dominion took out machines. Uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their uh, machinery. Do you know anything about that? Because that's illegal. Right, Germany. No, Dominion has not um, moved any machinery out of Fulton County. Oh, but, no, but, but have they moved? Have they have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. You sure, Ryan? I'm sure. You should want to have an accurate election because that's illegal. Listen to that. Did you hear that? Yeah. Now, we're going to listen to more of this. Yes. But listen to that. Are you sure about that? Oh, yeah. Now, see, that tells me that maybe Lynn Wood has something. Right, or maybe Patrick Byrne's video, where Patrick Byrne was talking about some new stuff. Are you stuff. saying there's a smoking gun? No, no, no. I'm saying you know that there are a lot of skeptics and there are a lot of people that are unsure, and there uh, is some division within uh, our party in in terms of 
you know, the integrity of some of this data because, you know, the Kraken thing proved to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, fraud, I guess. It just something wasn't right about that. And that never materialized, the Kraken. Um, but the other part is you got these new videos of these enterprise trucks that Patrick Byrne was putting out there and the, these citizen journalists. Now, the problem with the enterprise trucks, they were going off to the shredder and so if they just saw a truck going to a shredder and shredding paper, and he didn't really have good evidence, but from what I understand, Patrick Byrne uh, has uh, more evidence. But, you know, in a lot of cases where these um, situations have come out, where it's like, just put it all out at once, mm-hmm. unless you're just getting it piecemeal, you know, unless you're just getting it piecemeal, then maybe you'll, you're, all, you're given what you have. And that that's all there is. Um, let's hope. But, you know, there better be, you know, in my opinion, if there if if the goods aren't if the goods, you know, if we end up if these things don't materialize, let's put it that way. If these things don't materialize, we got to reevaluate the kind of information or disinformation or misinformation that we're getting. Uh, because we want these things to materialize, and we need to see these things. So, I want to go ahead and listen uh, and, and play again this this Trump audio clip because it's really important that we understand uh, where this is coming from. Because then he says, "Are you sure?" It sounds to me like President Trump has something on these guys. Watch, we're going to take a listen again. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. You know, uh, that you've recalculated. But, Mr. President, the trends that you have is the data you have as well. Now, do you think it's possible? Now, see, he didn't even address that, but that's kind of interesting. Well, that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton County, because that's what the rumor is. And also that Dominion took out machines. Uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their... Uh, It's almost as if Trump has somebody in his office that's saying, no, we got him on this. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And it's like, because this is criminal. Watch. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. They believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have, not even close. You got, you're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. You know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense, and and you know you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk. But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can. 
both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. Oh, you know what I mean? I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. Boom. So, look, what I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. That is so interesting to listen to that. And it is. so uh it seems to me like that was heavily edited and uh I got that from a conservative um uh post and it was on Twitter. It does seem edited. It wasn't the full string. But when he said that's criminal and you, you guys will be in big trouble if we can if we prove it. Right. Well that and that that could be so, that that could be a precursor of some type of uh, investigation. Well, you cannot say that you weren't warned by the commander, yeah. in, the, the law enforcement chief of the, of the United States. Yeah. You can't say you weren't warned at yeah. the highest level. Right. You were warned. You were warned, and it's on tape, apparently. And <laughs> to me, that uh, that just, you know, that just says a lot. And, um, you know, there's so many... Uh, bits and pieces to this so you know they canceled the uh, inauguration too did you know that you mean they canceled I mean, they the, canceled the, the uh, ceremony yeah the ceremony they took the bleachers down there's no there's not going to be i guess um well there isn't a parade with it but there's this big there's this big pomp and circumstance and everything about it so they completely canceled that is there going to be a zoom call what are they going to do well the biden team canceled their efforts right but trump could have his own inauguration, and I guarantee you, he's going to put those bleachers back well, up. Well, you know, if 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 Trump pulls off another victory, the bleachers will be back up. Which, again, uh, the easiest—it's so easy for Trump to win. So easy, a caveman could do it. A caveman could do this. All you got to do is get the state legislatures and pressure them. Just call your state legislature. It's not the U.S. congressman. It's not the U.S. Senator. It's the state Senator and the state Congressman. You need to call them. That's who needs to hear this. In states like Arizona, Georgia. Look, if we just decertify in Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, and you could even go lighter than that. Wisconsin's only 10. But if you were to do, um, if you were to just do, I think it's Pennsylvania and Arizona. That's 31. You're still five short if you're uh, going after Biden. And get Wisconsin, another measly 10. Right? Wisconsin's 10. Mm-hmm. So so that's, um, you know, uh, basically, you know, if, if you were to do Nevada, uh, Wisconsin, and um, Pennsylvania, Biden would be stuck at 270, and he'd win, right? Mm-hmm. So you need something bigger than a Nevada or a New Mexico. So, so basically, you, the minimum requirement would be mm-hmm. uh, that you would get um, Pennsylvania, which is 20, Wisconsin, which is 10, that's 30, and then you get 11 uh, from Arizona, mm-hmm. and that's where you end up getting... Mm-hmm. Um, below 270 for Biden. And, and once that happens, he can't win. He can't win that House delegation vote. One vote per state. He can't win that. When we got 30 and they got 20, he loses. And that's all it's going to take, folks. Pressure and call your state legislator. 
And by the way, I do see a caller calling in, and we didn't give the number out today, but the uh, number is uh, 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Uh, and that's 215-TOP-TALK in case you can't remember the number. And uh, Julie, you're on the air. Good morning. Happy New Year. Good, Good morning. morning. Happy New Year. I hope it's a better New Year. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, I went over and I found the place in the Iliad where they referred to the the scene of the eagle and the serpent, and it was in day twelve of the battle. And the basis of of the Iliad is is pointing out the fact that a single man can ca- change the tide of war with his own courage and and on day 12 it was following a, a bad day for the Achaeans Ulysses got injured Agamemnon got injured and and it was an issue of courage and Ajax ended up saving the line at the end of the day on day 11 day 12 morning comes and and Hector's standing there with his men, and an eagle flies over his head. It's carrying a serpent in its head, in in its claws, and and the serpent turns around and bites the 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 eagle. The eagle shrieks in pain, drops the serpent, and it drops right at the feet of Hector, and and dead. And that is was the omen. And Hector he. he said, oh my God, (laughs) because it it meant that he was going to lose, even though he had had excellent battles and they thought they were winning. They were totally corrupt because it was his brother Paris that had stolen uh, Helen of Helen, who became Helen of Troy. And they, they let all their family members die at the wake of this stupid battle. It was more over trade than just over Helen. But that's the story of the serpent and the eagle. And and it was an omen showing that they kept on fighting. And even though they knew they were fighting for the wrong cause, they ended up dying stupidly. And and that, I think, was what they were trying to say in the photo that they showed with the serpent getting consumed in the water or, or whatever in in the photo that that in the matrix was talking about the other day. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the stations that we're on is our, you know, really our flagship terrestrial station in Philly, and that is um, eleven eighty WFYL uh, in Philly. And uh, the uh, one of the uh, the well, the owners are, you know, Susan and Al Locke. Well, Susan sends me a text over the weekend. And it's a beautiful photo of their backyard. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she won't mind me reading this. And she says she woke up on Saturday or Sunday and says, have to share this amazing thing that happened this morning. I walked into the kitchen and opened the curtains to discover the surprise. Unprecedented snow, unpredicted snowfall that fell earlier. And she looked up and saw a bold eagle flying across the yard straight toward her. And it then flew over the house. What a magnificent sight. Wow. And, you know, oh my, my first thought of that was, you know, that was a, an odd uh, sight. You know, like she hadn't seen that too often. Um, you know, I'm sure that she's seen an eagle flying around her yard before. But 
that was a, that was like maybe a symbolic thing, and then you brought up your story. That's, that's a kind good of, sign. That, yeah. That's a good sign. Yes. With, I mean, if, if you're standing there getting ready for battle, and you have an eagle comes across your head and drops dead certain at your feet, it may be wise to consider stopping what you're doing and changing course. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, the eagle was chosen in, 18, in 1782 as the emblem of the United States because of its long life, great strength, and majestic looks. So there's something about the eagle. So, well, Julie, thank you so much for calling in. I got a, uh, I got a two-minute clip I want to play before we head out of Dodge. But uh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. No, 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 because it it kind of fits everything. Because everybody was wondering what it meant, and I remembered in the back of my mind, so I had to look it up this weekend. Sorry, hurry. No, don't be sorry. I want to hear it. Okay, (laughs) thank you. Bye. All right, bye, bye. And um, all right, so one of the things that uh, they were talking about is these machines aren't connected to the internet, right? right? They keep yeah, we've saying heard that. this a number and of it's, times. It's such a lie. How right? could that be? So Eric Coomer, down, he was spending a lot of time down in Georgia, but he lives out in Colorado, and he's a real libtard. And uh, here he is in 2017, giving a presentation in Chicago, trying to sell uh, their machines, the Dominion machines. So. Here, here it is, uh, and I just think it's interesting. This is Eric Coomer, a Trump hater, who works for Dominion, explaining how uh, uh, how to alter votes in the Dominion machines and also that they're connected. It says here, 2017, Dr. Eric Coomer explains how to alter votes in the Dominion voting system. This seems absolutely ripe for fraud. Don't worry about the election. Trump's not going to win. I made sure of that, and uh, he used the F word as well. But also, it doubles down on the idea that these things were connected to a main server. Handle everything currently digitally. This is our digital adjudication system. If you have multiple ICCs, ImageCast Central's running, they all write the data to a network drop location, and you can have multiple adjudication stations multiple teams to (laughs) handle the outstack ballots. This is a typical voter intent issue where they didn't fill out the ovals completely, they just made little tick marks. Um, It's what's called an ambiguous mark. And what we're saying is we're not sure what the voter intent is, but we're going to allow the adjudicators to make that call based on any kind of state statutes. So right on the screen, I can go ahead and say, you know what? The voter meant to mark this. They wanted those votes to count for those candidates. I can do the back page. I'm not going to fill all of them in here. And then I hit complete. It's going to go on to the next ballot. And this is another classic one where the voter has circled the names instead of filling in the ovals. Any ballot that needs to be looked at will show up automatically on the screen. Um, some key things here. Uh, this, is a, this is a great tool for doing things like audits and recounts. Okay, so things like 5% recounts these days. We have an entire uh, additional system that, that works very similar to the adjudication project, product, but it's for reviewing uh, ballots. So you can select whether you want to filter by precinct, a random selection of precincts, or just a random sampling of ballots across the whole election to actually audit. Um, we're doing that to support things. Uh, the buzzword in the industry these days are risk limiting audits. Um, it's a statistical way of, of auditing election results. Um, and we can support that through this system as well. 
So there you go. Yeah. You know, and uh, again, uh, one of the adjudicators showed us this, um, how it works. And, and so the idea here is, is that would be okay if you had a normal error rate yeah. of 0. 0.008. Yeah, yeah. But in all the states and where all the problems were, there was a great study I read over the weekend, too, where this guy put together a business, a, a working model. And he basically said that... You know, based on the trends, the demographics, mm -hmm. the registrations, the um, ethnicity, uh, gender, based on the population from the census itself, they came up with a, uh, a dot pattern. And there was like 3,000 different uh, precincts and how they voted. Mm -hmm. and, and he saw what they predicted match and then what the actual results were yeah uh it matched up yeah except there were uh in the areas where they used dominion machines mm -hmm. there was a five percent spike 5.6 percent mm -hmm. spike yeah so then they said okay now let's look at the pattern of just dominion right and so they did that and dominion was 5.6 percent higher mm -hmm. to which case that was the bulk of it too so the idea was that Biden, you know, got 5.6% advantage in a mm -hmm. lot of these places. And it was enough for him to win. Now, that's a lot of votes. And in a lot of these cases where these states um, were separated by just small margins, um, five that would have been well enough for Trump to, to prevail. And, you know, that doesn't even count the dead people voting and all these other things. Uh, but what this is, is that um, what he was just talking about, Eric Coomer was just talking about, was adjudications. Mm -hmm. And it, it's in the area of adjudications that really was where the fraud was. And then, of course, you got the videos in Georgia. Uh, I don't know how you certify the votes in Georgia or Pennsylvania or Arizona even Michigan and Wisconsin. And I just say, we need to demand and call state, local, uh, state legislatures and demand a decertification until we have better investigation and better litigation on these particular issues because uh, this is all too important. And if it happens to be that it decertifies Biden down below 270 and the vote goes to the delegates, mm -hmm. that's the constitutional path. It goes to the state legislature. It goes then to Pence, who counts. Nobody makes 270. Next thing you know, the state, uh, the state delegations vote Trump in for re-election. And that's how it should go. And uh, let's hope that it works out that way. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. We're at the end of our show. My name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Corvetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. Now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there